What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the MCU Reviewed here on the Geekiverse YouTube channel and SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, you name it, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are in for an interesting episode today. We'll see where it goes. We are talking Thor, the Dark World. That man right there, Mr. Loki. One of the best things about the early MCU. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk as uh, we do week in, week out, our thoughts on the movie, some stats behind it. And uh, later on in the episode, we are going to rank uh, where Thor The Dark World is in the MCU to date, uh, or to, to series to date, I should say. We did have our first snap last week. Uh, Mr. Rashawn, he did it. He used one of his three snaps to change or influence one of the rankings. Uh, Iron Man 3 and Iron Man 2 are in that poll that we put up on Twitter. We'll address that, of course, later on in the episode. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, Mr. John Fick. John, did you actually watch the movie? I did watch the movie. Very last minute. I watched it on my lunch break and then after work today. Like, the only I, free time I had today was I was movie. really banking on you not watching it and being like, yeah, of course I watched it. That would have been... I, I believe you. That would have been tough because, like, I had only seen it once before and I especially just watching it today i really didn't pay attention the first time i watched it apparently because <laughs> i don't remember anything i put up a tweet today uh and I, I was like because i had to watch like a, a training video for work a, like a harassment prevention training video i was like oh, i have to watch thor dark world and a harassment uh prevention training video it's a flip of a coin as to which i'm dreading more <laughs> oh gosh yeah uh I, it's funny, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I never noticed that, and then I forget about it, and then it just happens again next time I watch it for one of these rewatches. Also with us, of course, the the Platinum King himself, Rashawn Anderson. Uh, Rashawn, how are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, maybe I'd have a, little, a few more brain cells if I didn't watch this movie. Uh, Ooh, but getting right it's, into the opinions. It, it's, it's exactly what I remember it being. It's just, you know, it exists. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it. But I'm doing good. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the most meh uh, movies easily. Most forgettable, I think, in the MCU. Uh, I do stand by that there's no truly bad movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, this is uh, maybe in that, uh, well, it's definitely in that lower echelon, if you will. So our, our show, as always, is presented by Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. You can check them out at 26shirts.com slash Fantastic. They create geeky pop culture themed shirts you can find them uh, from time to time for sale on there uh eight dollars of every shirt goes to a charity in need a person in need uh, a family that needs it whether it's uh, physical health mental health there are there's no boundary to what 26 shirts and fantastic have done to help people over the years especially in the western new york community where the geekiverse is located so we are thankful to Del Reed and Fantastic for all they've done. They've raised over $750,000 to date uh, for these communities, these families, these charities. Uh, we're, we're thankful to know those guys. So again, check them out one more time. It's 26shirts.com slash Fantastic. I did talk to Dell today. Unfortunately, he couldn't join us for this, uh, but uh, I'll share where he's got this in his rankings later on. You may or may not be surprised. Uh, let's talk about uh, kind of initial feelings here. I, you know, we've got a little bit of a theme going on with, I think, where the flavor of the episode is going to be going. But sum up your your feelings towards the movie here uh, in a little bit of a concise way. John, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, overall, Thor: The Dark World. I don't want to get wild, but I liked it a lot more this time than I did the first time I watched it. I'm not going to go out and try to fight for this movie and say it was a great movie, but. I must have really not paid attention the first time I watched it, which was last year, because I did, 
I did like the movie. I remember last year, like whatever I was distracting myself with, and it must have just been out in the background. I'm just like, well, that was less than forgettable. That wasn't very fun at all. Um, I, I liked it. I watched it today, and I and I I actually liked the movie. Um, it it is uh, not in the top tier of even the movies we've already watched so far for sure. Um, there there's a lot that I would say it's a pretty bland plot, but there's nothing. There's nothing bad or offensive about it. And I think in the past I would have said that it was a bad movie and that I was like just straight up bored with it. Better than I thought for sure. Watching it, maybe truly watching it for the first time because there was a lot that I, I didn't remember for sure. What, what may have uh, upped your opinion a little bit on it, if you can point to a few things? Um, I think that I, I thought maybe that going into it, the story was more of a jumbled, like bland mess than I thought that it actually was. Like the story is pretty straightforward and it's actually kind of interesting. It's not, it's not as bad as I remember it being. Uh, for some reason I was just like, oh my God, the dark elves. I couldn't, I couldn't care less about those, like whatever's going on there. Um, and then, then I watched it today and it was like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I, it gave me a little story. I'm, there's not, nothing was offensive. There's nothing like, there was nothing truly, truly bad that I'm like, oh my God, I roll. This is like, why, why am I watching this? It was just, it was, uh, it, I mean, honestly, pretty close to the way I felt about the first Thor movie. Like, it's okay. This is this is Thor before they reinvented Thor. That's kind of just more Thor. This is pre-Taika Waititi Thor, right? At, yep. at its uh, finest, if you will. Rashawn, overall um, thoughts on the movie? Did, if you could speak to a little bit of what even just John mentioned there, too. Uh, yeah, so even watching this again, again, this is one of the... This was still a part of that time in Marvel where I was, you know, just watching these movies. I felt like multiple times a year. So my, my opinion hasn't changed on it necessarily, but I do agree with most of what John said there. It is, you know, and, and even a dredge up stuff from last week, like even when I talk about Iron Man 3, Iron Man 3 and Thor Dark World, in my opinion, are they bad movies? Like just if you look at cinema, can I look at those and be like, those are bad movies? No, I'm comparing them to the greatness that we have gotten from the MCU, which is mostly great with a few exceptions. Um, one of them being Iron Man 3, in my opinion. Uh, watch last episode. But I think Thor Dark World, uh, for me, it, it kind of, just like Iron Man 3 for me, it's it's meh. It, I think, like, I remember, like, 2013, from what I'm remembering, or from what I know and remembering feeling at that time, it was, it was a meh year for Marvel. In my opinion, it's the only meh year we've gotten uh, but it's, it's, it, again, it exists, you know, it doesn't, it introduces, uh, you know, a key infinity stone, of course. Yes, it does. But, you know, Tom Hiddleston is great. His, his, uh, coming back as Loki, he was arguably the standout for me. I'm already kind of going on ahead on another topic, but like, but that's really it. Like, you know, the, the movie just kind of just. It, it it again it just goes on and and it doesn't necessarily do anything impactful the most impactful thing it does is that uh thor's mother dies and mm -hmm. you know we see that get brought up um in later films and later uh plot line for thor but besides that i, I think if you look at like uh like specific things like that that might be the only lasting piece from this movie but i think it does a lot for thor's arc I really think like there's a lot of a lot of uh, character building for Thor in this movie, and that may have been what I missed when I watched it the first time around. That I, I got more so today. Um, like you really do get that that path that Thor goes on, where like all he wanted to do in Thor one was be king, and you finally kind of get that that full circle where it's just like that's that, that clearly not what I'm here for. That's clearly not my purpose. Yeah, Endgame I think uh, specifically 
puts a bow on this and and almost um i mean it chooses to highlight this movie right and the the retread they're highlighting a few of those early mcu movies whether it's avengers or now you know thor of the dark world so that does speak to something of a, a little bit of a relevance there and of course the focus in all of that is right around the time when thor's mom uh dies so I, I think that's really important. I've got some notes to to say on his arc later on in the episode here, but um, I think overall, you know, Rashawn's mentioned in 2013 was a meh year. I think it was, it, I, you know, I can kind of get behind that as much as I love Iron Man three. Um, like this was like the encore performance for Tom Hiddleston for, for me. And I think a lot of other people, it was like, Oh my gosh, we got him in Avengers and fell in love and we couldn't, wait to get more loki and we we got it with you know thor the dark world so anytime he was on screen it was just it, it was it was nice it was fun um his character is nice throughout and i see what you were doing rashawn you're jumping ahead because you wanted to call his character as your guy so neither john or i could get it that, that was smart of you i saw what you did there listen ain't many side characters to like in this movie <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they're few and far between um why don't we get into a little bit of the box office stuff here? So the the movie, as we mentioned, 2013 release date in the U.S. was uh, November 8th. John, how did this do overall in its box office run? Pretty well. Uh, 644 million worldwide. Nothing, uh, nothing to be ashamed of, for sure. Wow, that's like a lot more than Solo, a Star Wars story. That's crazy. Absolutely, actually insane, if you look at it that way. Yeah. With a budget of 170 million, <laughs> it made its money back and then some. It's it's kind of crazy when you look at it. I I, I couldn't agree more. I'm yeah, like, that, what? that was we you know that Marvel was in uh was full full on MCU at that point. We had our first Avengers movie. That was uh that was it. That was our team up movie. Iron Man three I think delivered for a lot of people and was a blockbuster success. So it, anything less than five hundred million, I think it would have been surprising just off of hype for the MCU alone. So yeah, um, it's funny how like that is like viewed as a low number now like it's really not bad at all even by today's standard it's not bad it's all for the mcu that's about it yeah for the mcu it's like that's kind of the almost the bottom of the barrel nowadays um uh, do we want to queue up the trailer yeah we can do that let's watch that bad boy yeah i found like a couple different like trailers that claim to be trailer number one so i just went with the one that was uploaded first Felt like that was a fair way to pick which one was the first trailer yeah, I agree. All right, cool. You guys got it up? Yep. Cool. Yeah, go, we're good. Go ahead and play it. Some believe that before the universe, there was nothing. They're wrong. There was darkness. And it has survived. I gave you my word. I would return. What's gonna happen? Alone. Wait, what? Nothing. They'll destroy us. 
ask yourself. What will you sacrifice for what you believe? Betray me. I will kill you. When do we start? Alright. That was the trailer for the movie I just watched. Nice uh nice cue there at the end to tease Loki. Yeah. No better way to, to end that and get fans uh interested in that. Um you know, no pun intended. Definitely darker tone. Um, it it matches the story probably best of any of the ones we've seen so far. But maybe again, besides at Iron the Man end of the 3. day, I think Iron Man yeah, 3 was like overall the best trailer and like best in terms of representing what we got from the movie as well. But you're you're dead on though. This was very uh, very spot on too. And maybe it's because I like that movie better that I I just have that in higher esteem. But this one, uh, eh, I don't know, kind of meh. Rashawn, what do you what do you think of the trailer? Uh, yeah, they clearly, and this was something that I was gonna talk about at some point during these Phase Two movies. Uh, maybe I'll touch on it more in this episode, or maybe it'll be further down. But you can clearly see, um, <clears throat> and I feel like it was noticeable for me. I know a lot of people didn't notice this till years later, but they really, after the Avengers, tried going for a different tone of MCU movie. They tried going a little darker. Um, you know, you see that with Iron Man 3 in that trailer um, and that movie. You see that with mainly, like you guys just mentioned, this Thor Dark World trailer. Um, and even some of the other movies in Phase 2, maybe not ca- counting Guardians, they all have this dark advertisement to it, this dark tone that they were going for. Um, and I think for half of the phase it worked, for half of the phase it didn't, for me personally. Um, but sticking to Thor... Um, yeah, it didn't it, it it wasn't it didn't end up being like that trailer. It was a little little misleading. Not not a not not totally misleading, but it, you can definitely you definitely know if you watch the movie, it's not as dark as that uh as that trailer was as was making it seem. I think Iron Man 3 did a better job at hinting at that and advertising as that and you still get a lot of those tones um throughout that movie more so than Thor Dark World. I think to uh, Iron Man 3 and Dark World both had the kind of unenviable task of coming after the Avengers in terms of release order. Like Avengers was ultimate hype for the box office for pretty much all of 2012 and coming to home video, you name it. Like everybody was Marvel crazy after that point. So to have these movies after was was kind of tough. And it was like, how do you differentiate? Because you're not going to have bigger events than what we just saw in Avengers. Maybe equally important events but in different ways so like that that was tough to to have to do uh before we we you know circled back into captain america and then guardians and then into avengers again so that was definitely um i think something that they had to try to figure out and rashawn you always mention it it's really nice like the 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 build-up right where it's saving the neighborhood then the city then and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. with how they had to build up those avengers movies and they had to have a little bit of a lull with these where it was more of a, a focused contained story so that you know that's kind of tough i i don't envy those guys for for being behind that uh so john you did not see this in theaters then correct just seeing it last 
uh, Rashawn, you did you see this in theaters? Yes, I did. See, uh, same bit, here. The little bit that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's an off-air story, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, my uh, my family went and saw it. Um, or at least Lauren and I. I don't know if uh, my whole family went to, together to see this one, which kind of became a Marvel tradition for us afterwards. But I remember still, you know, it was just a year and a half after Avengers being in that that hype mode and uh, being excited for it and picking it up right away when it came to to Blu-ray, as you can see. And um, I want to get into uh, just some of the notes I had. I don't have uh, nearly as many uh, as we would have had for for past weeks, but uh, I think this will get some of the dialogue going for us. Um, it's the first MCU movie to have an opening montage with music. It's not the one that we got ever since was, Captain yeah. America Civil War, but it's uh, it's all comic book uh, images. Whereas later on, we get that Marvel that just basically the strings playing really fast. It's that iconic Marvel logo, and you see um, actual images from the MCU movies before that. So, so I, I thought I, I noticed that too, and part of me is wondering. How hard, how truly hard or difficult would it be for them to take the new one that they made, the actual MCU one that they use now, and just go put that back on all the old ones? Like, know. is it a big deal? It's not a big deal whatsoever. It's just a little thing that yeah. that's cool. I'm like, would like, that really be that hard to do so? But it's probably unnecessary effort too. They, they certainly could have added those to like the Disney Plus releases or whatever. But I kind of like this one for for Dark World. I, I, do, like, I do too. Yeah, it's, it's like I a sign like of the it, times. Yeah. It's like when Star Wars, you hear the the uh, snare drum before when it's like showing Fox or 20th Century Fox, yeah. even though it's not anymore like i don't want them to replace that i kind of like that because like that's what it was when it released i see your point too rashad though so I, you can't go wrong yeah i get it again i still like this but i'm just I'm, i was that, that was just something that a thought that came up as i realized that same point that you made <clears throat> yeah i i mean that is one of my favorite when you see that drop in theaters like the current one oh man tell me it doesn't get your blood just going you're like oh here we go we're about to see a new mcu movie yeah and especially <laughs> like awesome. in the later ones they got so creative about how they let into it because they would always give you a cold open with some kind of scene like straight out of the movie yeah. and they'd always get so creative about how they went into that that montage like Ooh, we're in baby and then was it captain marvel they just did the the all stanley one uh i think yes. the- yep that sounds right oh yeah wow because he had and, just passed yeah. away right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then for for Endgame, it was a little bit, uh, or um, excuse me, Infinity War. Like the spin on it there is that you hear the the radio broadcast yes. uh, as the ships being attacked, and it's yes. so intense. That oh my good. gosh! And I think even the Endgame one's good too, where they only show the characters who are still around. Yep, they, yeah. they get oh, really very slick. They're very good. they're very slick with it too. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love that stuff. And you know my feelings on music in these movies. Um. I put Zachary Levi with an exclamation point. I love Zachary Levi. I think he's just fun. He, you know, like we we saw him in Shazam most recently, uh, a character he was just born to play. Even though he's not really a primary character in this, I like his presence in just about any movie or show that he's on. Me too. Um, so also uh, early in the movie, we get uh, Thor going up against that huge Cronin. It's Cronin, right? Like the uh, the Korg like creature it is Korg. i'm not sure of the name of the species but it, it is Korg species for sure it is the same that sounds for cronin sounds familiar but it's definitely cronin if that's the case um and it's funny because i never ever in a million years like noticed or cared what that thing was until Korg in ragnarok and then having seen ragnarok and then going back and watching these on the next rewatch i was like oh my gosh there's there's 
one of those mm-hmm. creatures. That's amazing. Sure. Um, I do, I do love the humor there with Thor. It's just kind of straight forward and to the point where he says, I, I accept your surrender, you know, winds up and takes him out. And then everyone's just kneeling. I, I think that's a nice, nice touch. That's a, uh, that's an homage to an Indiana Jones scene. I don't, I forget which one, but they're, he, he's going up against somebody who's like a samurai and he's like flipping his sword around and Indy just pulls out his gun and just ends him right away. That was the inspiration <laughs> for that scene from what I read. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Um, I put um, superb visuals, especially the uh, two things that came to mind. First time seeing Asgard in this movie is absolutely stunning, I think. Um, not that Thor was bad, but this was like a whole new level. And then also uh, the first time we see Heimdall um, looking out, basically gazing into the stars. It is just truly magnificent. There is... I think they really... Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, of that same vein, there's one that really stood out to me too. It was, uh, it was right in the beginning, I think. And Thor is, I think he's like in his chambers or something like that, and he just looks out and you can see like the cosmos and all these other planets around him. And like I had that mm-hmm. same moment where I'm like, oh, they they up the visuals on this. Like in the first Thor, it was cool to see such a different environment, but the CGI was still like very shiny and everything was very gold. Like at, they they really grounded Asgard in this. It it, it was gorgeous for sure. Yeah, yeah that was the, the, that was in my notes as well. This movie is one of the even to this day, it's one of the most beautifully shot MCU movies. When you take a look at the scenery that they have, every shot is great in this movie. And to in combination with that, the music choice in this is amazing as well. Um I love the score of this movie. Uh so they from a visual and audio standpoint, um even like if you bring in like audio from a home theater standpoint as well, like some of the uh, notes that they hit there as well, just from a sound effect perspective, they production values on this, they, they made the most out of their money with this one for sure. This is still to this day, one of the most beautifully shot MCU movies in my opinion. Yeah. They killed it with Asgard and anything surrounding it. Um, And they definitely had that tone, right? Like that color palette is dark throughout. It matches the title of the movie, the the theme of the movie. So that was good that they were consistent with that. Um, I love Kat Dennings in this role and in this, in this movie. Um, I really hope that in some way, shape or form, I don't know if they've already talked about this, but I hope that she's back for Thor love and thunder. They have to imagine she would be. Didn't they confirm that she's in WandaVision? She is in WandaVision. So I don't know what, yeah, we have to yeah. assume she's coming back for the next Thor if we're going to have Jane. Um, Especially if we have Jane, right? Like, exactly. she's got to be back. And I'm I want to see what that looks like when Jane is Lady Thor and Kat is like, whoa, yeah. look at you, right? For sure. And I've always been kind of a, a Kat Jennings hater. And I don't know what it was, but I think I think I, I just kind of swung back around on her on my my rewatch of Thor in this this watch through. I don't know what it was. I think it, I don't like her performance in Two Broke Girls. I hate that character and I hate that show. And that used to yeah. be on a lot in the house because my fiance likes that show, and she just really bothers me in that show. And that's her character, and she's playing the character right. But um, so she's always kind of bothered me. But now, I mean, yeah, in the Thor movies, I think I, I think I do like Kat Dennings. That, that character Darcy's pretty cool. She's funny. John, that's totally fair because like that, but. That's like the show, right? Like that's what they're going for in that yeah. that kind of little bit of ditziness between the two of them, and um, yeah. So I that's that's totally fair. Um, I put that uh, Selvig is hilarious in dealing with the fallout of the Avengers. Uh, so Doctor Selvig, I think whether you're seeing him in, they're bailing him out of jail or not jail. Is it jail? I don't know. Mental institution, maybe. Yeah, yep. but, yeah. It was um, like it was like a mental thing. Okay, and then when he's <laughs> running around. Um, stonehenge and like yeah (laughs) 
you know that he's actually doing the right thing with like putting up those those poles, but he can't he explain looks, it to anybody. He looks he's insane. The best. Yeah, he's trying to like he's a, he's a mortal <laughs> trying to deal with the power of the mind stone that was just in his head. Like he's going absolutely ballistic, but he he knows like he, he's that. Um, I watched a video like a while ago on Easter eggs in the MCU. That chalkboard that he's writing on when he's in that institution, it is just full of incredible Easter eggs. Have you ever like seen anything about that? That there's nothing on that chalkboard that doesn't mean something. It is just full of stuff. You should like. I wish I would have brought it up so we can go through it. But it's there's there's a lot of really cool references on that board. That is really cool. I love that's that. Actually, stuff. that's actually one of the things that I. Even though it's not a big deal, that's one of the things that I get annoyed with about this movie that they did do that to him. And I and I understand the point of oh well he had a. Uh, all powerful stone that was being used to mess with his, uh, mess with his head, and he's just a, a mortal character. But I don't see Hawkeye running around butt naked trying to shoot people with a bow and arrow. Yeah, and but- if you try to come with me, well, Hawkeye's an Avenger. They oh. purposely try to humanize Hawkeye so much that where they characters will literally say you are the most useless member of this team they don't say that verbatim but they've hinted at that many times we actually get that more in in the future uh age of ultron um again is is, is it a big thing no it does that affect the review score no but that's just a thing that annoys me is like they were trying to go for this dark tone but then you throw something like that in there for one of the characters that was a more serious character in the first store yeah again I, i'm with you you, you can try I, to the debunk that but that's that's my take on that i'm with you is that it was a weird like tonal shift for his character but i think it does make sense like more so i don't agree with the the, the hawkeye comparison because selvig was specifically tasked with trying to understand the mind stone like he was specifically tasked with trying to like tap into the power of these stones so he like was immortal and was just literally thinking like way way more than any mortal should and he's you know he's becomes unpossessed and now he still has all that information in his head so he goes insane so that makes a little more sense to me but i do get what you're saying with like man they really flipped the script on the tone of that character because he was like this prestigious professor and like scientist and now he's literally running around naked in stonehenge so it makes sense like a lot of the the infinity stones kind of enhance or further what you know an individual represents so with hawkeye like you imagine he's kind of this grounded mentally strong character right and Selvig is almost like this mad scientist because he's this this crazy smart doctor. Um, he probably was under the control of that Mind Stone longer than Hawkeye was because Hawkeye is just at the beginning of the Avengers, uh, but uh, Selvig would have been prior to that. Uh, so I don't know. There's there's little things here and there. I've I've never even thought about it until this conversation, but no, I am. Yeah, no, the I, less so about the reasoning and why he like flipped the script, but more so I do kind of agree that it was a, a big character change. Like we, they set him up as a very serious person, so it was. I see where you're coming from, Rashad. I uh, put um, in kind of like a tongue-in-cheek way that the movie feels like a rough mix of like Lord of the Rings and Star Trek. Like at times it doesn't know it almost where it wants to go, despite having a pretty consistent tone. Like certain things are like sci-fi and then a lot of it is fantastical when it comes to uh like the dark elves so that that's a little bit tough on on tone um the uh, regarding the infinity stone so this is like the first time that they're they're really this truly is the first talked movie about. that they're mentioned as infinity Stones. now did you guys notice that that was definitely dubbed over like where they only make so they only make mention of the word stone once and it's when uh odin is talking to thor and jane in that room 
he he never speaks about the stone while he's on camera. He only speaks about it as like this being, as this ether, as this thing that consumes people. Mm-hmm. There's like this one cutaway scene, and it's they're on this book for like ten seconds. And I thought, like, why are they still cutting on this book? And it's the only time he mentions anything about sometimes they can be sto- like in stone form. They like that had to have been added in after Avengers. Like they that that had to be a late addition. It stood out to me so bad. So I had um, this, what I had here is specifically referencing this. Uh, he quote says the the amount of energy moving within her. So energy right there that points to an infinity stone. Uh, shortly right after, Odin gives the lesson on the Dark Elves. And um, as they're giving this lesson, you can kind of see the colors of, of the different stones. If you look up into like the, it's like a, basically the, the stars there. He even says the other relics are called or referred to as stones, where this one is not. So it's interesting how they laid the groundwork there i did not even call to mind the that the any of it was dubbed though because i was so this is a moment where i was totally like go on you know because of seeing where we went with the infinity stones and you know infinity war and thanos and all that that's i think that's my biggest issue with the plot of this movie is that the ether versus versus it being a stone is a pretty muddled mess and i don't think they handle that very well as to like when is it a stone and when is it... In a, it's not like it's contained in something. It's just like it exists as a smoke that can possess you. And then like, well, it also has to be a stone because it has to fit the future of the story too. And so it's, it's kind of muddled and I feel like it was just like, all right, we got this thing and we have to make it fit for the future. I they see that line committed. of thinking, but that never bothered me or at least crossed my mind only because the Infinity Gauntlet is used to harness that power. Thus, it will be shaped in a. It will it will form into a stone like its counterparts. I, I just always assume like that's just that stone's nature, which apparently it is that stone's nature. But I, I see what you're saying. I just I never even I never even thought about that. I just always figure, oh, well, Thanos is gonna put it in his gauntlet anyway, and you know it's gonna have to be shaped like a stone at some point, and it clearly has brothers and sisters if you consider the stones that. But you know, I see what you mean though. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this one I only put in here to, to piss off everyone who who yells at me about it, my love of Attack of the Clones. Um, Thor and Jane walking on Asgard feels like it was ripped out of Attack of the Clones when Anakin and Padme are walking on Naboo. And they even kiss. But what's funny is Thor doesn't mention sand. What You know, what's all that jazz? I don't How know. How can you have a love scene with her and not mention sand? It's her favorite thing. Come on. I thought it was totally bizarre. Yeah. Um, in a more serious bit, I put here that uh, Frigga is is my character. Like so, yes, she she is she's my one for like this movie. If I'm not talking Tom Hiddleston, um, I love her interactions with everyone. Whether it is her talking to Odin um, as kind of like a worrisome queen, or like how she looks after Thor and Loki with this beautiful motherly love that is just. And then we get to see her in action, which is freaking awesome. She ended up being a really, really nice character. Um, and every time I do watch Dark World, she's one that always stands out. And yeah, you almost kind of wanted more time with her. Now, it is nice that we got what we got with her in Endgame. But she is absolutely my uh, my character of this film. I think her death is so incredibly somber. And as we mentioned early on in the, the episode here, it is the beginning of a really serious uh, arc for, for Thor in terms of his losses, right? Like mm-hmm. she's, the, she's the first one. Um, and top of that, I think Loki's reaction to uh, what happens there is absolutely impactful. It's, it's mm-hmm. deeply emotional. And it shows that even though 
right he's um he's always chaotic he's he's the god of mischief like deep down there's there's someone that truly does care despite him always kind of being this rebel so i don't know if you guys want to i think it, we should spend a little bit of time on this one here talk about frigga talk about the death scene talk about her in action her relationships what what do you guys have I think the her her funeral scene, the Viking funeral scene, was one. I think that may like stand out as one of the most gorgeous moments in the MCU yet, like that we've seen so far at least. Just like all of those, all of those little boats going out to sea. Obviously, hers first. Like it's just like pitch black, but you have like the the backdrop of the universe over there. And all of a sudden, the arrows come, and you have a little bit of little bit of light, and then the, you see that waterfall, that like eternal waterfall that just goes into space, like. Such a cool moment. The, the music in that scene was incredible too. Um, that's that that's one of like the most like mood setting like moments in the MCU yet so far for me. Maybe they took their time with it too. It yeah. was well paced. It wasn't cut up. It took a few minutes. It felt like um, and it was it truly was beautiful. I agree, John. Um, Rashawn, what what are your thoughts on all this? Uh, you guys pretty much nailed it. Um, the only thing I would add is that uh, she almost took down Malekith by herself if it wasn't for that big dude, which, you know, kind of shows you what kind of villain Malekith is, but <laughs> she can she can square up. <laughs> I love uh, that whole sequence there, how she, she basically cloaked uh, Natalie Portman's character, and um, I don't know, I... I I really, really came to love her character after after this movie. I gotta you say, clearly so see the the fighting styles of where Thor and uh, Loki got from from each parent. You know, even though Th- yeah. Odin doesn't run around with with a hammer, but he still channels you know electricity and whatnot. Um, and is more brute strength. Where Loki and Frigga are more finesse, more tricks, stuff like that. You know, so you kind of see wh- where they got those fighting styles from, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, everybody threatening Loki uh, w- about possibly betraying <laughs> Thor is hilarious to me. I think to that's all line. well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great line. And it never gets old, just one after another. Uh, Loki turning into Cap there briefly is <sighs> wonderful acting on Chris Evans' part. Like, really, truly wonderful. Th- so this was a thing that came up. I remember talking about this on whatever little forum I was on back at this time. But um, this was a thing in the Marvel community that um, even though it was, it was really cool. Uh, did it, I, if I'm not mistaken, that used up one of uh, Chris Evans movies for his contract, like that little scene. And that's how I first started learning about, again, MCU taught me a lot about film. Um, that was my introductory to, Oh, that, that counts as an appearance. Cause I remember we were, we were all analyzing up until Age of Ultron. Well, who's going to be who? Someone, this person might not be in this role anymore, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that, I remember just talking about that a lot. Man, like, man, they used up one of Chris Evans' movies, you know, uh, contractual obligations on that. But still a cool scene regardless. And obviously it worked out in the end. Yeah, I would almost assume that, like, they had everything mapped out so well. And they're like, well, crap, we have an extra cap appearance. And it kind of was more so that way, you know. That's, that's my opinion too. I would hope so. At least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that they were like, "Oh crap, we're going to be one film short now." <laughs> right, right. Oh. Um, yeah, I just—it's so nice when you get an actor like that who has to play a character who's playing another character. So, and good. Um, I think it's just—it's—it's it's four five seconds, but it's—it's it's some of my favorite Chris Evans moments. Uh, yeah, just wrapped up in the entire MCU for me. And it's almost weird hearing you say Chris Evans because, like, to me, that's Loki. Like that's a Loki scene, you know. Even though it is right. Chris Evans obviously yeah. playing the part, but like to me, if like it legit feels like Loki mimicking Cap, super good. It sounds like him. 
yeah. the, the dialect is incredible. So good. Um, I love that he's he that whole sequence too, where he he keeps changing. He changes Thor at one point. Then he says, "Maybe you'd prefer one of your new comrades." And then he switches, and then and he know. makes fun of the fact of uh, more of like what I talked about. Um, I think in the Captain America episode where ca- comic yeah. book gap is patriotism and honor and yeah. America, and he, he makes fun of that. I love that. They're very self-aware. <laughs> what did he say? Let's, let's talk about freedom or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, freedom and patriotism or something like that. <laughs> Said something about righteousness like running through his veins. I don't know. So good. Um, yeah, it, it's awesome. I think the brotherly banter between Thor and Loki is pretty good, especially as the movie uh, progresses and it, it, it really gets good movie. even better as we get to Ragnarok, of course, which we've all probably got a lot to say. Um, a funny line is Thor asking Loki, "Are you mad?" And Loki says, "Possibly." <laughs> like, but, you know, great acting by Tom Hiddleston on that part. Um, so I put when, uh, Loki and Thor, they, um, they come to Malekith, uh, towards the, maybe the beginning of the third act and they, they perform that trick. I just wrote down that this was an advanced version of get help. Right. So oh, yeah. like in Ragnarok, they're like, <laughs> we're, we're going to do get, get help. help. No, it's embarrassing. No. <laughs> we're doing it. And I, that's all I could think of the whole time I was watching this was like, this is the really advanced form of get help. This is and that, they're doing it. That's cool. I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, so as Loki dies, um, I'm typing out on my phone. So I'm watching this basically in, in bed the other night uh, for this rewatch. I'm typing that uh, Lauren legitimately cried during the Loki death scene in the theater. Lauren, my wife. And uh, sure enough, she goes, hey, hey. And I take off my headset. I go, yeah. She goes, I'm pretty sure I cried during this moment in the theaters. It was, it was just kind of funny that she was thinking that as uh, I recalled that. I mean, you can't, you know, yeah, y'all know what I'm going to say. This is another one of the classic MCU tropes. And of course, it was in Thor Dark World. Another fake death doesn't mean anything. Move on. Yeah, but they, I think there's a lot of that in the MCU overall. I don't think there's a lot like, so like, did anyone ever truly think he was really dead there? Well, they told us like in the theater, I did. Well, yeah, in I thought. Theater, I well, Lauren, yeah, Lauren did. In too, the moment, I, I definitely thought he was dead, but they like they didn't do that thing where they made a cliffhanger until the end of the movie, until even after the movie. They told us like two minutes later in the story that he was still alive. See, see I in feel- the theater, I don't think a lot of. See, I get what you're saying because you just watched it. When you're first really going through this, you're not you're not going to catch that, and here's why: that little part where that where he plays that generic Asgardian, the whole third act happens. You for that little scene. And I guess that was smart directing too for deflection, because there's tons of people I know that have watched this movie where it's one of those things where, yeah, we throw that at you. Oh, maybe he's not dead. Is he, or is he not? Oh, let's go this whole third act. There's a whole final battle epic or not. I, I think not, but whatever. There's this whole final battle. You're distracted by all of these other things. And then when he pops up, it was almost like, and I remember in my theater specifically, it was like, a, oh my gosh, there, like, it was a, it was a moment like that. I guess so. Maybe in the theater when you're like distracted with other people around you and stuff. I, I don't know how you missed that though. Like they, that was well scripted. Like they, there's this guy. You caught that. You caught that so, on your first viewing. We're, oh my we're God, talking yeah. about when he is the, like the Asgardian with that almost like smirk on his face. When they, right? Yes. Like right so after the they, death. They pan, it was such a, it was a subtle smirk too. Yeah. But they, I, they pan over to him and they show you, like you can see his arm doing the Loki shifting thing. Like his arm starts out as green and it's the same exact like thing that Loki does when he shifts all the time. So get, I didn't even see that, but I, I, I get, I get what you're saying. My, yeah. 
I get your point about the face, but even John, even I gotta call you out on that. Even something as small as that, this you're not looking at that. On what your first is the view. point of that? Scene? I don't know. I, you're I, not looking at that on your first foot. I I I I, you can argue the smirk. That I thought it was detail, so obvious. I'll call I don't you know. out on that one. I, you, you, you did not catch that on who, your first what you, viewing. What do you mean? That's There's literally no what the point of that scene is for. What do you mean? I didn't catch. Who didn't? I can't you probably. Anybody probably catch that. The, you probably caught the smirk. You did not pay attention to his clothing. It, come on. What are you? Stop lying. What are you talking <laughs> about? Why would I lie about that? Move that's on, literally the only on. reason that's there. It's, I'm not talking about when he was in the chamber room with Odin. Are you forgetting the scene where they literally panned to the guy still in the dark world? That's what I'm talking about. That's the scene I'm talking about. It, oh, that scene only exists to tell you that, that Loki is still alive. That, that's the reason that, that scene is there. If you missed that, then I don't know how. No, I know. I'm just saying my only thing is if you're watching that for a f for the first time, I guarantee that most people did not catch that. I don't understand because the first time or second time has to do with it. <laughs> I still remember the first time I saw that where or the first time I was in theaters and the reveal was more of a oh my god moment than a oh that was obvious moment. See, I never I like I thought right then and there like despite how emotional it felt that Loki was dying that like First of all, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're not killing off Tom Hiddleston. They're just not. He was so popular. And then right after, like, you do see that that soldier there with that look on his face, and I'm like, who is that guy? It's Loki. Like, it, it, come how, on. How like, did you guys miss the transformation? Like, that's they focus on his arm. It's the only thing in the shot. Yeah, and, it, I, and it's shiny and green. Loki. Yeah. All I right. Fair enough. Like, fair enough. That's, uh, that's um, just... that not something I'm gonna start an argument. I'm just saying. You already would, did, my friend. Mo mo most people wouldn't have saw that on the first viewing. It's easy to say that after three, four, five viewings. John, I know you only saw it two or three times, but that Twice. is not something after a first scene generally that you're looking at and it's like, oh my god, what the heck is that? And even if you did, by the time it came around in the third act, you had forgotten about that scene. There's no way you're thinking about what that would you scene have to remember? You don't act. have to remember. It's not a callback. It is literally a fact telling you Loki is still alive. You don't have to piece anything together. What do you mean you don't remember? I'm, you already saw it. I'm, the scene is so quick. It is it's such a quick scene. And it is a clever scene. It's cleverly directed. Oh. I'm not saying it's not. I, I'm just saying that that scene is so quick that they immediately flip to the third act. You go through all of that stuff. By the time that scene comes up at the end, you are definitely like, Oh, that's what that was connected to. There's no way you're thinking about that scene throughout the third act. Like, oh man, when is Why Loki going to show back to? up? Oh my God. See, I wasn't thinking about when is Loki going to show up necessarily in the rest of this movie, but I knew we were going to see him again, whether it was in a different movie or, or whatever. And then when we get to the end and we get the reveal of him, I was not surprised to see him, but my thought was, what did he do to Odin? That's kind of where my head, or yes. my head went with everything. Because yes. I was like, and as we see in Ragnarok, it's kind of hilarious what he did with Odin. But yeah. uh, move on. This is petty. Move on. And I'm I so started confused. this. This is petty. So I am going to circle it back right to that same scene. Uh, but we'll talk about in it, this in a different light. Uh, Loki's death scene. Uh, I cannot watch it now without finding it hysterical because of how they recreate it in Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, with um, Hemsworth's brother and with Matt Damon. Like I lost my mind when i saw that matt damon was cameoing in that movie okay. um so not only do they recreate that scene um like when loki goes i didn't 
I didn't do it for him. I sit there and just kind of imagine Anthony Hopkins saying it. And then um, if you listen to the music that plays in the dark world as Thor screams, no, they recreate the choir in Ragnarok sings that. Yep. Like it's all an all vocal choir. And it's so, so funny that they, they did that. I think that's one of the best callbacks in the entire MCU. Um, uh, So a little moment, but when Thor is back with Selvig and the crew, I think it's hysterical that he just hangs his hammer on the coat rack. So good. One of my favorite little <laughs> moments in the movie. Like that's, that's like, so funny. Like, are you kidding me? It's, just, it's fine to just hang. <laughs> and he just puts it there. Like, okay. Part of me thought like, shouldn't that thing come crashing yes, to the ground? Actually, but, yeah. but then, but, but, the phys- but, but the physics of the mirror are all over. The they place, are so it's right. Whatever. Even in this movie, like, <laughs> it's funny during the battle that one big monster just knocks it away like 10 times. Like he's not worthy. You shouldn't be able to move that at all. Like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's not about strength. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Um, I love that. Uh, as we a little bit saw in Iron Man three, the Avengers are celebrities now because of the battle in New York City. Um, uh, like a guy in the library towards the end of the movie goes, "I think that's Thor out there." Like that's that's really cool. Oh like yeah, that people live in that world and acknowledge that they're superheroes. Even a callback, even that same scene when uh, Thor enters the the apartment or whatever, and Selvig is like, he's like, "Where's Loki?" Thor's like he's dead, and so I was like, "Oh, thank God!" That was great. <laughs> that was so that good. Was great. Um, <laughs> I so what I I put uh, as my kind of last note here is that the third act is really is it, in my opinion is what kills this movie. It is a hundred percent, yeah. Because sure. yeah. I get through most of the movie, so two thirds uh, to be about exact as I can be, and it um, it's fine. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying where the characters are going, their banters, some of the action, and then it. I like just lose focus in that last act, and I like I fall asleep essentially. And you know what? Is- you know what? Yeah, I take back what I said. Maybe you do remember that little callback or that that we could call it callback scene, whatever. Maybe you do think about that Asgardian guy that he turned into because this third act was so boring. That you're like, <laughs> man, what is, what's going to happen with that with that guy? It's it, probably Loki, isn't it? It's yeah, bad. never mind. I take it. I take it back. I'm glad you're on my side now, Sean. Um, <laughs> what a boring final fight. Like, I didn't know what yeah. was going on. I'm like, is it is it is it teleporting because everything's lined up or because of the they sticks? They tried being like, creative. Is, it, just, is it. Natalie Portman doing that? I don't understand. I don't really care. I think I'm just that. Uh, get it over with kill this guy somehow yeah i think that was the problem you knew like you were never going to see malekith again anyway there was the stakes were relatively low um see him again. undoubtedly yeah. the worst villain of the, like who, is there anybody even close he's to, up, he, he's, he's who, up there I, he's close? like top like, two top three he's insultingly he's, bland i said there's nothing insulting about this movie malekith is insultingly bland <laughs> He, it's he, it's like it's like him Ronan. Uh, I'll take Ronan. No. What Ronan from the yellow the yellow Ronan's jacket fine. character? Both Ronans are great. A, it's a that couple. guy's fine too. He's like well, a comic book character. Yeah, I think. I think the is... problem is that he's just so forgettable. Yeah. that's that's yeah. where it is. And I think he's like, very boring. Not that the dark elves are great, but the fact that he's even overshadowed by them a little bit is a problem. Like I care more about the the mythos behind the dark elves and like that big dude who turns into Mister Hornman. Like I care I care more about that than Malekith and the fact that like Frigga takes him to school. Like all right, you're nothing. I don't I don't care about you. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Um, just kind of. Like Oh, go ahead. I was thinking about the uh, the villain from the, the Hulk. I don't remember why. Abomination. Abomination. It, yes, yes. Um, He's like, better than Malekith. Barely. Agreed. But he is. 
Yeah. Right. That's where I'd have it. I'd have Malekith as the most boring or slash worst, and worst, then yeah. you know, uh, Abomination. And then after that, there's a there's an argument to be had. Yeah, at least his uh, motivation was, was kind of fun. Uh, Abomination. Yeah, like he was that, he, he was like that yeah. you know that that yeah. war general, and he all he wanted to do was fight. He didn't want to you know give that up, and he just wanted to get younger and younger, and apparently become uh, yeah. That. Yeah, like with Malekith, with this, it's like I don't. He just, Even exi- I, he just exists. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Like, why do we want to make the world dark? It really doesn't mean anything to me. Weak. Like, there's no reason behind it. Yeah. Rashawn, you were going to say something. Yeah, I just, I just like that. Um, I don't know. Well, I would assume this was intentional. Um, because again, I think they had a lot of this stuff planned out more than they even give themselves credit for. Uh, but I love how they make it apparent. So we talk about how Frigga basically. She doesn't whoop Malekith, but holds her own and pretty much she, would have beat she was one, about to, one yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it wasn't for the interference. So obviously you couldn't have just a you you he had to use the ether to power up essentially. I love and you see this more when you get to Infinity War, more so. You see it on a whole nother scale, but you see that you know, there is one Avenger that can stand up to the power of an Infinity Stone. Thor definitely can. This is way ahead of the game. I don't want to dive on this too much. Thor can technically stand up to all of them if you watch the last scene of uh, Infinity War when he throws the hammer and it right as he gets all, right as Thanos gets all of them. So I love how, I, I guess maybe that was his purpose to be like an Infinity Stone punching bag to show that somebody in the the Avengers could stand up to him because you see infinity stones and in, on these other movies and whatever characters character or characters are going against them basically get decimated and they win off of obviously just you know plot armor and being superheroes uh but i do like that they constantly make it an apparent uh throughout the mcu that thor is truly a god he's not just another member of the avengers um even though you can kind of look at him in that way next to captain tony but he is still probably the strongest avenger uh, he is the only one that can go toe to toe with one or multiple Infinity Stones without any help. I like that. I can't believe how much my opinion of Thor uh, improved, especially as we got to Ragnarok and af- right after it. Like, I almost look at Thor as like, if you could pick one central character, if you truly could, he is like the guy in Infinity War for me, where it's like it's it's him versus Thanos because Thanos gets in his head so early on with all the chaos and tragedy he causes, uh, specifically with Thor. And like it, it becomes personal with him almost. And as we see at the end of that movie, like he failed, and that it's on him. And as you get into Endgame, of course, that's you know a whole nother rabbit hole. We'll we'll jump down at, at some point here. But like I truly love that character, and in the same vein as Tony Stark and Cap in this MCU. And that was saying a lot because after these two Thor movies, I never would have thought I would say that. That's in- mm. incredible. And as John mentioned, he's the only one of the bunch that's getting the fourth solo movie. So yeah. that's saying a lot. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, the, our, who our, our non-title character would be. Rashawn, you, you mentioned Loki would, would kind of be your guy for this. Um, anything on Loki that we didn't cover that you, you wanted to mention regarding him in Thor Dark World? Uh, the, the thing for me was just because uh, Thor Dark World, that was 2013. Um, am I wrong? Did we not see Tom Hiddleston again until Ragnarok? Was that a four-year hiatus? We didn't see him in Ultron. Sounds about I right. I think you're correct. 
Yeah. yeah. So my thing just that they set up a um and and again even though we we just had a whole thing on it but cleverly um regardless of that one scene they cleverly set up um that uh that that cliffhanger to where I remember like throwing a um, Avengers Age of Ultron I'm like Thor man you, you might have to go home man it's you, you're going to have to check on your people what is going on like that was that was the only thing like I thought I remember I thought about that cliffhanger for 4 years until uh, Ragnar came out I remember when they announced Ragnar I'm like before any of the other stuff Hela Surtur, or any of those other things we're going to be getting I'm like we're going to find out what the heck Loki was doing on Asgard as he's ruling over Asgard yeah, for sure. So that was the only other thing that was brilliantly done. Um, and besides that, again, just like we talked about before, I don't we don't gotta harp on it again, but uh, just the banter between uh, between Thor and Loki and the chemistry between Hiddleston and Hemsworth, uh, they obviously perfected that over the years. Uh, I'm not sure. For a little fun fact, I'm not sure if you guys know Tom Hiddleston originally uh, when he had tryouts, he originally wanted to be Thor. Yeah for tryouts uh and then they they moved him to loki even though this is something so little but i just like reading in the little things i wonder because obviously the loki character is based on jealousy of thor i wonder how much of and i'm sure tom middleson is perfectly fine where they put him but i'm sure i wonder of how much of maybe real world jealousy comes out in his character that he's able to channel. Like he's so skilled that in real life, is there beef between them? Heck no. But I'm just saying like in his head, can he use that as motivation, the, the jealousy and motivation that the Loki character actually has for the Thor character? That's just I'm a little thing that I I just thought about, but you know, they their chemistry is is brilliant. That's a wonderful point. I'm sure he can. And I, I would imagine he doesn't feel that way, but like you can kind of get there as an actor. Like you can get into a dark place or a place, even if it's something you don't believe in or a perspective. I bet you he can. Um, he's just, he's really good at his craft. And it's always fun to see him in that role. And him and Hemsworth together, they are like true life brothers. And, and that is so special because especially now that I, I love the character of Thor so much, I always love Loki, but Thor really climbed the, the ranking for me. It's just like it's two elite characters in in this this whole franchise. Man, one of um, the one of the Marvel shows should be MCU Drake and Josh edition with uh, <laughs> with, with uh, Thor and Loki. <laughs> I would sign up for a, a, a mini series with Thor and Korg hanging out. Thor and Korg between <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame. Oh God, <laughs> Played Fortnite and everything. Oh my gosh, I would love it. Um. So you mentioned that uh, Hiddleston had auditioned for that role. If I'm not mistaken, Hemsworth's brother also auditioned for the role of Thor, and they they ended up going with Chris. Liam? I keep for, I don't know Liam. Yep. Right. Liam. Yep. And there's okay. another one too that's like a real no name, but like you know he was in a couple other things. I forget his name though. I believe Liam auditioned for that role, and that's why it was a little bit ironic that he got to finally play it in Ragnarok, even though he was you know just acting as. Oh the, yeah, good point. Yeah. So kind of funny. I love those those little tidbits. I mean, Marvel's at the point they could just they could take they could take John and be like, hey, play this guy, and they'll they they'll have a system the royal work. They're literally They're the Patriots. Well, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say Patriots, but I mean, we'll see about that truly this year. Uh, but that. yeah, up until twenty twenty, yes, they're the Patriots of of uh, the movie world. <laughs> they could plug and play anybody. The Spurs. There you uh, go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Um, I mentioned my character is is Frigga. I, I truly admire everything that was done with her character in this and how important it ties back to an endgame. Like Thor's relationship with his mom and 
that that's a really really difficult thing for him like i I can't imagine going through what he he went through and to have that chance to see her again in endgame is so special and it just that i said this a lot in in different franchises and especially on this show seeing a, a movie later on in a franchise that i really like can change my opinion of a past one so seeing a, a movie like Ragnarok or Infinity War or Endgame has made me appreciate Thor The Dark World more. Not that I necessarily love it, but there are different facets of it that, that make it more interesting to me. John, if if you've got a character in mind that's different from ours, do you have a secondary character here? So there are only 11 it's characters with pictures on imdb until you get to characters that don't have pictures for the imdb profile so this is a stretch but i really like uh i like ian the uh cat Dennings intern that's my pick i think he's awesome <laughs> i think he's really funny that poor, that poor guy my name is ian yeah i love him i love that uh i don't know i love that he gets his girl at the end i love it all he's he's great i think he made the movie I, for me I like yeah it worked out for him i love that he throws the car keys in the oh uh, yeah, the ether? yeah or whatever it was not the ether but yeah yeah he's my winner were those were those the car keys? There's just silence. Oh my gosh! It was it was cool. So like as small of a character as he was, and even as Cat Dennings' character is, it was cool to give her a layer of like, like all right, she has someone to boss around. It gave her character in another dimension, which was kind of cool. Again, very very she small needs, stuff. Slim pickings though. She like has to have that ego, and I think that's that makes her character even better in this. I I love Cat Dennings in this movie. Yep. Um. Yeah. Good pick, John. I like that a lot. Oh, uh, let's see here. What am I missing? Uh, that moment know. of the movie. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, before we get to that moment, uh, I, I still remember, and this is going to come circle in uh, two MCU movies from now with, with Guardians. Um, Got to talk about the post-credit scene because I remember seeing this movie in that post-credit scene. I already was barely paying attention to the movie my first time around in the theater to begin with without boring it was. At least at the time. Again, I agree with John. It gets a little. It got better after like a second or third viewing, but only a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I just remember not knowing what the heck that was about. I had heard of the collector, but nothing to yeah. like. Oh, I knew what that was. Like, Dude, I wonder and- how many people. I would. I would guess eighty to ninety percent of people had no idea what that was, myself included. Yeah, I bet you as many people that did understand that Loki was still alive had no idea what was going on with that collector scene. <laughs> Just a straight yeah. up inverse. Um, I mean, no. Here, here's my perspective. <laughs> I saw Thor: Dark World after like every other MCU movie, so that post credit scene for me was amazing. My first time, I wouldn't have understood it my first, like watching it when it came out for sure. I, I'd be right there with you. I'm like, I don't know what the collector is. These Infinity Stones are barely defined yet. We don't know much about them. Like, okay, they gave it to a dude. Awesome. Uh, but having watched that after watching the rest of the MCU movie, MCU movies, that was awesome. One of the like top tier post credit scenes for me because of that perspective. It's very important because it, it really, yeah. it's the first time they say the phrase Infinity Stone. Um, the Collector, so at that point, like how many of us went to Google right after and we're like, who, who is that? Uh, who's the Collector? Benicio Del Toro here. Um, I like, I was all about it in, in reading up on him and what that was like. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this kind of like the Puppet Master? Is he the villain? Like what's going on here? Because I, I didn't know. And um, I ended up loving that character is we got him just a few movies later in guardians but man that is such an impactful scene that is so crazy like especially as we get to the weight of infinity war like 
oh my gosh, these wheels were turning, man. Stuff was happening. This is movie eight, right? And we get to the um, movie 19, which was Infinity War. And this early, that those seeds were more than being planted. They were now being like front and center. Like this is what this is about. Yeah. You know, this is what you can kind of expect in the, the next some odd movies. And even that, so, that comment that like we already have the Tesseract on Asgard and we can't risk to being so close together like that has such weight now that you think about why they thought that you know why they took those precautions Brutal. yeah so intense. i remember what i remember uh because i forgot he said one down five to go i yeah. forgot he said that and then part of me is now seeing how his character turned out but even i could have thought this after seeing him in guardians did that fool really think he was gonna get all six I and mean, hey, if man. he got all six what was he gonna do with him obviously he's gonna sell him or something but ah get out of here <laughs> at least he was trying i don't know i respect the hustle character yeah there's a, a number of ways that it could have gone there um is that the last time by the way we see sif is she not um, in ragnarok is she i don't i don't remember if she's in ragnarok or not i only yeah. saw ragnarok once don't shoot me oh my god i can't wait for that episode i think i in, didn't in remember theaters. you mentioning that yeah cool oh my gosh borderline offended right now that's crazy rashawn i'm excited um Siv? I don't think we see her in Ragnarok. I don't think we see her in any of them, the Sif or any of the other warriors again. She oh, is... the Brothers 3 are, or Warriors 3, excuse me, they are killed off very early in the movie, and that's like a controversial thing with people who did not like Thor Ragnarok. She is not which... in Ragnarok. Wow, yeah. Interesting. Was, so she that. could still be around potentially? Yeah. Interesting. Sure. I don't know. I've got a lot to say about how much I love Ragnarok and how much people who don't like Ragnarok, I think they're wrong. <laughs> Um, so, uh, favorite, or we mentioned that, uh, that moment of the movie. So if, if there's one mo moment that kind of stuck out to you, um, I know it was, it was kind of bland in terms of action here, but for me, it's actually when Heimdall, uh, jumps on the, that cloaked ship. Like he, he sees it from a mile away, starts running and then basically like single-handedly takes it down. I think that is really, really nice bit of action for, for a movie like this, where, despite there being a fair amount of action, uh, like nothing terribly stood out to me other than that. Yeah. So that is the, the moment I'm going with. And that, that was a great scene only because that was a great moment for the character. But I think in the three years that they took off between this and the first door, I think that was also like, all right, Idris Elba, we'll let you do something. Okay. We're not just going to let you sit on the sideline. We'll let you do something. We'll make you look cool. But then you go back to being, you know, regular. <laughs> regular dude <laughs> but I, I think that seems a little more important even so because like that shows you that that was just the drone ship like all of a sudden like he because we've seen the shape of uh malachi or malachi what i forget i don't even i don't even care don't even tell me it, it doesn't uh, matter it don't care uh we've seen like the shape of his shift of his ship and we see that that like cloak ship is roughly the same shape so we assume like that's the master ship and he dives on that one and takes it down and stuff like that and then we quickly see that that's just like a drone escape pod basically and there's like a whole other big old boy behind him so i thought that was like it, it served a little bit of a point to set up like how how much business that these uh these dark elves meant but yeah, yeah and that they were kind of like compromised like oh man these guys just got in are you kidding me like you you thought this was like an impenetrable fortress but it wasn't um and the, i just yeah idris alba there is is pretty cool yeah how did how did uh, they like get that first guy in the prison like how are they i don't understand like that was that was a leap in logic to me that like they they they, they stab this guy the the dark elves they stab him they stick a rock in his stomach and somehow and just he, jump cuts to him being, yeah, yeah they bring him in as a prisoner like how would they how would they line that up i don't know that was just yeah i don't know weird 
Any any other moments that come to mind? Really like mine, the Ian mine was Kat just and Kiss. Oh, the <laughs> Wait, what was yours, John? The Ian kiss, Ian and Cat Dennings kiss. That's all I got. The boy got his moment. Yeah, she does. Uh, she does say meow meow once. And that's then. pretty good. Yeah, because she's like, oh, Thor, whatever, and then meow meow. Yeah, that, that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, never gets old. Rashawn, did you have a moment or no? I kind of already talked about it. It was definitely the cliffhanger. Gotcha. Uh, so we mentioned the other one post credit scene. Um, there is, oh, what I wanted to do actually first, Stanley. So he plays a patient in the mental, the mental institution that is listening to Selvig's spiel on the convergence. That's kind of a, a nice yeah. little, uh, you know, cameo for him. Can I have my shoe back? Um, <laughs> yeah. The post credit scene that we did not mention. So it's back on Earth. Thor and Jane reunite. Yeah, we talked about this last night. Yes. I don't know. Did we? Did we? Someone I, mentioned it somewhere. I but like Natalie Portman was not. Oh there. yes, yeah. They did. She didn't put yes. Uh, I think Seth mentioned that. Okay, so if you ever wondered what it's like to to hang out with members of the Geekiverse, um, some of us were kind of able to to get together for the first time last night, socially distancing, everything like that, and it was a really fun get together uh, for just some of our, our crewmates, just to literally sit, have a drink, and talk about anything. And it's funny because inevitably with our crew, as always, everything comes back to anything pop culture. Like we can talk about our jobs, sports. It always comes back to Star Wars, Marvel. Uh, we had such a nice time. And that's that's kind of what spurred on some of our conversation. But Seth um, mentioned that Natalie Portman is not actually in that end scene there. It's actually Chris Hemsworth's wife, they said. Yeah. And there's like there's no he said there's noticeable chemistry difference there. I I. I didn't see it, but I thought that that was a really interesting tidbit that I had never heard before. I'd heard that before. I don't agree that I see that extra chemistry there. I thought that was a, a kind of a pointless extra post credit scene. I don't know, it, especially because it never went anywhere with Ultron. You kind never, of, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, they kind of just like. I mean, and that makes sense. That was more of like an actor, like you know, that was a falling out between Marvel and Natalie Portman at the time, at least. Um, but yeah, it was it was a forgettable post credit scene for me. Yeah, same here. Which is such a 180 from the other one. True. Um, so we, I think, we're going to get to the the rankings here. We're going to address the snap from from last episode. Uh, any any closing thoughts? Any final uh, items that we want to do to put a bow on this episode for Thor: The Dark World? Uh, Rashawn, why don't we start with you? Uh, for me, I, I would just say that. Um... Yeah, this was this was a dark year for the MCU, man. I'll tell you that. You had Iron Man three, you had you had Thor: Dark World, and then I believe you had the premiere of Agents of Shield. <laughs> yeah, this this was a rough year for this was a rough year for Marvel, man. This this was the first and only year besides two thousand and eight. Um, or wait, when did Dark Knight was two thousand eight or nine? 2008. Okay, I'm going to say a hot take that we won't even be able to address on this video. But besides Dark Knight, which I think is an obvious one, uh, 2013 was the only year to date that Marvel didn't own that year for comic book movies. Yeah, I know you're, Every other, I know you're yeah. saying that with your opinion, but I think the fact that they grossed almost $2 billion on those two films, that I think they're pretty cool with the, the results on that one. <laughs> yeah, they from a business sense, it's like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I think about. they're all right. But I will say in terms, of, in terms of quality of movie... Man of Steel is better than Iron Man 3 and, and oh Thor Dark God. World. 
it's, we'll, it's we'll not, save that for another day one day but you know it's amazing to think that they had such a contrast year i would say for sure. 2013 you had like iron man 3 and then thor dark world you know it's it's tough agents of shield somewhere in the middle probably but you know that first season no that was garbage that's at the bottom that's the worst <laughs> thing that came out of marvel 2013 it got a little better but it was trash at first Rashawn, i'm just wasn't. telling you right now you are upsetting a dear fan of the show oh no by talking by talking about agents of shield like that so elida is going to have some words for you coming from I'm the sorry, guy Elida. I oh, no, she's going to be mad at me oh i thought you meant she, you no 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 a dear fan of the show so elida okay, loves show. uh yeah she loves agents of shield I mean, uh, I, I, I watched it for, <laughs> for a time, and you know, I just gotta say, the first season was definitely the worst. I've only seen it got a little episodes. better after that. But. I would say John seen none. If I had to guess. Yeah, I, I, yeah right. I have no interest in that. Hey, one of the later seasons, they got it, one of the later seasons, they had Ghost Rider. Like it got better. Like but, but, you, you know, just man. put me off even more to it. I could care. I care less now. Hey, <laughs> like. No, no pun intended, but you definitely put the fire out with that one for, for John. I'll see myself out now. Okay, uh, let's let's get to the rankings, John. So what what do we want to do first? Well, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, so let's pull up the rankings here. So I've got the – I'll just talk about the current rankings, and uh, then I'll, we'll, we'll talk about the snap. So the current rankings right now, number one, the Avengers, number two, Iron Man, number three, Iron Man 3, number four, Iron Man 2, number five, Captain America, the first Avenger, number six, Thor – Number seven, The Incredible Hulk is the current ranking. Now, if you watched last week, Rashawn used one of his three snaps. So if you look at the bottom of the screen, Rashawn is missing one of his little gauntlets there. He used the snap. He thinks that we're nuts for putting Iron Man 3 above 2. So he used the snap trying to fight back to get Iron Man 2 above 3. And my friend, you lost. Uh, so if you didn't know, when one of us uses one of our snaps, we put a poll on social media to see if the fans and the people out there agree. They disagree. Iron Man 3 has 66% of the votes. Iron Man 2 has 34% of the votes. It's a landslide, my friend. Iron Man 3 stays. I, I'm really actually a little bit surprised because I thought Rashawn had a really, really good shot at changing that. I am that. too. I, I can live with it. Fan, fans of the show, I can live with it. Like, I was talking with these guys last night. My anger stemmed from not that people oh, that, that they think is Iron Man 2 is better than 3 or 3 is better than 2, I mean. My real anger stemmed from this guy right over here saying that Iron Man 3 is better than 1. That, well, that's, where the from, and that's, that's where the snap. That, it's, and that's fine. That's fair. That's fine. I can, I can live with people thinking 3 is better than 2 because I know that both movies have their critics. And I'm one of the people that think Iron Man 2 is a little over-criticized, uh, you know, a little underrated, even though it's not great either. But, but I'm also a hater of 3, so I get it. I get it, you know? So if, if you, just this is what I've heard, if you tell Rashawn that you like Iron Man 3 better than Iron Man 1, he, he may call you a buffoon. Um, <laughs> Now, luckily, if that were to happen to me, my feelings regenerate at twice the speed of a normal man. Hey, Dwight Schrute. Uh So, yeah, that's, that, it is what it is. I, I feel like crying, but I'm not going to. So The rankings are untouched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a wasted snap. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's Endgame. I'm a little bit happy about it. It's, it's Endgame when Thanos snaps and there's no, there's no stones in so, it. <laughs> John, I, I didn't mention this to you. Basically, what I'm going to call this uh you got blipped yeah you basically got blipped. your snap was reversed 
<laughs> so we've had we've had no snaps yet. We've had one blip. <laughs> we've had one blip. Yes. Oh, I'm so right. happy. Um, so good. Cool. So, cool. Cool. On to this week. Uh, I, I went through the the rankings. They're on the screen for the people at home right now. Um, I, I'm gonna start it off. I do think this is a better movie than The Incredible Hulk. Am I alone? Same. You do too. You really hate that Hulk movie. Yeah, I think I, it, it's better than Hulk. I think that I think it's better than Hulk. Rashawn, do you think so? It's close. Close. Well, what's what's after Hulk? Uh, after Hulk is Thor. So it, like if. What do you think? And it's not it's not better than the original Thor. So it's really for me is it better than Hulk? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which mean it truly doesn't matter. I would, <laughs> I would I would I would I would honestly say no. Okay, I would say it's not. All right, on the record, you guys win. Yeah. yeah so on the on the record, Rashawn thinks that it's in last place right now, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is a democracy. Uh, Thor: The Dark World uh, ahead of Hulk. You, you, um, Josiah, do you think it's better than Thor? No. Okay. No. So we I would st- have this exactly where it landed. Okay. So it stops there. So where now it, it sits at seven ahead I of with that ahead of only the Incredible Hulk. So uh, yeah. w- once again, the current yeah. rankings: number one, the Avengers; number two, Iron Man; number three, Iron Man three; number four, Iron Man two; number five, Captain America: The First Avenger; number six, Thor; number seven, Thor: The Dark World; number eight. The Incredible Hulk locked in. No snaps. Nobody's getting. Uh, nobody's getting feisty. Nah, okay. we, we knew this one was gonna be. We I think we knew we were gonna be on the same page. Rashawn, you someone told me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say. No, I want to hear this. Rashawn, you can try again. You can. We can put up another poll. See if we just capture no, another audience. Unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> you one. No, I think I'm gonna have. Unfortunately, I think I'm gonna have to use a snap on an obvious movie that should be at the time we watch it a top oh. two MCU movie. Uh, I know where you're because, going with that. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to. I, I can't believe I would have to use it on this movie, but it's, I think I'm going to have to. It, is, it, is it a movie that we're talking about next week? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so for these aren't spoilers. I might, truly, I might truly be sitting with some buffoons. These aren't spoilers. These are just our, our opinions as they <laughs> as they lie now. I think Josiah and I do both think that uh, Winter Soldier is a bit overrated, right? Yes, I but... When I say overrated, like I don't know, like I still love that movie. So Me too. We'll see when we get to the rankings. Yep. So I, I just want to. I want to. Yeah, I'm gonna be pissed off now. I'll, I'll wait to hear the nonsense and then I'll get pissed off. Overrated sounds spicy to me for this. So sure. uh, Pete uh, from the Geekiverse, the Grumpy Geek, says uh, Winter Soldier is the best MCU movie. Like not just after the nine movies, but like today, he says it's the best. I know he's wrong. Like that. There's people that still think but, that, you know. And, yeah. I, I, and I understand I mean, where they're coming from. I, we'll, we'll save it though. We'll save it. We're gonna I, another rewatch. Yeah. I'm, I'm always hope, I'm always going in with uh, with new expectations with uh, with open eyes for sure. Yeah, to to each their own. If they're even if their own is wrong. Um, so Dell also, by the way, I got to mention. Yeah, where my man Dell at? Dell, I need some help. I'm over here. Well, today, this week was cool, but I need some help, man. We need to get Dell back on here. Well, Rashawn, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I do have text proof. Dell said, uh, my rewatch of Iron Man 3 had me liking it a lot more than I remembered in the past. I'm just saying, I think I, I, we may have started a revolution here for Iron Man 3. Like, the hate is over with. Trailbrick, People are yeah. going to appreciate Iron Man 3 now. As they should. This, it's over. It is a good movie, the and poll the world says is going to know the it. The poll, already, they, they agree. The people agree. It's yes. Better. 
I can't tell you how many people in these side conversations I've had, especially where I was not called a buffoon, they said that <laughs> Iron Man 3 is better than they remembered it. Agreed. And I'm like, thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. So I'm sorry, Rashawn, that it is what it is. It's hard. It's hard, but that's what Dell said. So <sighs> good ranking. All right. Next week, I knowing where Rashawn may sit with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and kind of gauging John's uh, interaction here, I cannot wait to see what that ranking I, looks like. I am going to watch this movie so intently because I really do. Like, there are people who love this movie so much more. Like, it, it has it, it leaves such a different impression on other people than it does on me. So, I am going to be like all in on this movie next week. I'm going to like eyes glued, looking for details. I want, I want to, I want to see, I want to see what other people see. So I'm going to, I'm very interested on this rewatch. I've probably only seen it for like four or five times. Um, I have some other things I'll say, but that's, that's next week. John, do you normally watch uh, movies with your glasses on? <laughs> Dang. Dang. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm, this is a legitimate question. These aren't like, prescriptions. These are fake. So do you, do you normally watch movies with them on? I do. Yeah. Why? That's the problem with this dude. Take some glasses off, cause you don't you you are watching different movies than a lot of us. They're in the real world. I hear watching. You better take them glasses. Off. I want to see a picture of you. Take them glasses off when you watch Winter Soldier. Rashad, That's I'm the just problem. gonna say I it. Figured it out. Our current rankings are my exact rankings, so it's it, it can't be just me. I'm I'm sorry, my friend. I think I think you might be the lowest common denominator <laughs> here, because guess what? The rankings are exactly as I would personally have them right now. And they're only one off from mine. <laughs> oh, so, I'm just, I'm just saying. I think you'll like the movie more if you take the glasses off, so I can't actually see it. Back and relax. Perfect. Yeah, I don't understand that logic. <laughs> like, so we're not watching a movie, so I can see it less. Like, <laughs> we get to the episode. John's like, "Yeah, it was really out of focus. I don't know what they were thinking when they sounded shot good." It. You though. might want to take you. You might want to take that OLED Geek Squad and get it checked out because I might have some weird <laughs> stuff going on with some of the movies you watch. I'm uh, not sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear your rankings. Get in the conversation with us on Facebook and Twitter. We want to banter with you a little bit. We want to hear about how you feel about Iron Man 3. We probably know what you feel about Thor Dark World, but if it is one of your favorite movies per chance, tell us why. We'd definitely love to hear that in the comment section on Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse and on Twitter at The Underscore Geekiverse. It's our last underscore. We talked about it last night. We're, we're going to get rid of it at some point. If you know the owner somehow of the Geekiverse on Twitter, tweet at him. It, it's an inactive account. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, don't Give do it that. To us. Don't do that. Because if you tweet at him and he somehow looks at it, he's no longer inactive. That's a tip I've heard from, from other people who actually have like real clout that's, in the industry. <laughs> that's shysty. Yeah. So we have to figure out some other. We have to find a friend at Twitter. We, gotta, we, have, to, we have to befriend Mr. Twitter and figure this out. But we will. Don't tweet at the Geekiverse. We're, we're gonna get there. Okay. We're, we're gonna we're gonna lose that underscore at some point, folks. Yep. So uh, as always, the show is presented by Fantastic. We'll uh, regroup here. Uh, Dale Reed. So you've seen him on the show in past episodes of the MCU Reviewed. He is the co-founder of Twenty Six Shirts. Uh, Fantastic is a division of Twenty Six Shirts. You can find them and their merchandise at Twenty Six Shirts dot com slash Fantastic. They sell T shirts uh, based around pop culture, Marvel, Star Wars, you name it. Uh, kind of funny, punny T shirts and other apparel. $8 of every sale goes to a family in need, a charity in need, a person in need. Uh, the exact need for where those proceeds are going for that shirt are outlined when you buy it. So you know where those dollars are going. Uh, to date, they've raised over $750,000 
to those families, those charities, those individuals. They're doing a lot of good in the world and they're setting a nice example uh, for what is really a dark time in the world. Uh, they've always been a bright light in it and we are happy to be friends with them and we are thankful that they are sponsoring our show. Uh, John, we're we're doing some giveaways with Fantastic, one per episode. Uh, do you want to just touch on that for what that looks like for uh, the coming week? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, big shout out to them uh, for, for for sponsoring us, but also partnering us to give away one shirt per episode. That's been that's been awesome, and the engagement on those posts has been really cool. So thanks again for that. Uh, this week we will be back on Facebook. Uh, we've been alternating between uh, Twitter. Facebook, Instagram. So Iron Man 3's episode we did, uh, it's still technically live right now, but uh, Twitter giveaway. So we're going back to uh, facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. We will be putting up a post there where it will be very clear that it's the giveaway post. Uh, it'll be something quick, like leave a comment of your favorite MCU character or something like that. Something something fun where we can actually get some discussion going. But once you're in the comments, you're entered to win. So thanks again to uh, 26 Shirts, Fantastic Dell. They've been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't uh, speak enough to it. Uh, we'll wrap up and put a bow on this episode of the MCU Reviewed. Where can we find you fellas on Twitter so we can talk about these rankings and these feelings towards the MCU? And uh, what can you plug for the Geekiverse that you want people to know about? Uh, Rashawn, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, you can find me on the Geekiverse uh, Weekly here, MCU Reviewed, talking to these two these two lovely gentlemen here. Uh, you know, despite some of our opposite opinions, you know, still still good guys. Um, I'm also with these two guys on uh, the, our monthly Disney Plus uh, podcast, the Plus Cast, and bi-weekly, um, adding my boy Jeff Pavlock on there as well uh, on our Geek Scott Game podcast for video games. Um, outside of here, find me on Twitter, True King Zero, where I talk a lot of the stuff I do at the Geekiverse just on Twitter. And then um, if you're into Twitch streaming and whatnot um, or watching Twitch streams, catch me, True King Zero. Yesterday, I started... Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is my second run on that. Um, I'll be starting. There's a few other games I may be starting as well. Uh, most notably, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. I might stream that as well. Uh, so a couple. If you're into all kinds of different games, variety streams, whatnot, check me out on there as well. Can't get enough of it, John. Where where are you on social media? Uh, do not follow me. Uh, follow True King Zero on Twitter and send him pictures of an Infinity Gauntlet for me, please. That's it. Cool. I like it. So uh, at uh, this time, by the, the time you're watching or listening to this episode, guys, we will have played The Last of Us Part 2. I don't even want to I'm just saying. About it. I can't breathe. If you are into video games at all, as Rashawn mentioned, Geek's Got Game, we talk everything PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, you name it, it's on there. We've been talking about it for a long time. We are finally going to play The Last of Us Part 2, and we'd love to talk about it more with you. Um, also, uh, again, by the time you're watching or listening to this episode, happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. We just released our uh, our uh, dad cast, uh, our second episode of Dadcast, our Father's Day themed episode with a special guest. You can check that out on our YouTube, which is youtube.com slash thegeekiverse, or on any major podcast streaming network, such as SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Lots of good content, as always, at the Geekiverse. And one last shout out, uh, of course, we are, are thankful again. We cannot overstate it to our friends over at Fantastic for doing what they do. Next week, fellas, we've got a good one. I think it's one of the, you know, depending on where you like it, regardless of where you like it in the, the rankings, it is a groundbreaking entry that would change the MCU forever. We've got Captain America, the Winter Soldier coming up. A lot of people have had this one circled from what I understand and want to get in that discussion and then talk about it. So 
we'll have a lot to say. John's going to watch it without classes is what I've heard on the street. You know, so that's good. He'll have a new perspective on that. Yes. Uh, that one will be coming out next week. So uh, for John, for Rashawn, I'm Josiah. We'll catch you. We hope you all have a wonderful week. Take care.